I was at SPU as a student, and I had a theology teacher that drew this. Now, it wasn't, this is clip art because I've got no artistic talent at all. Um, but he drew this on a whiteboard. He started with the cross. Um, that just represents God, right? Um, and how when we're talking about relationship with God, we're talking about several aspects. And what um, God calls, the kind of relationship God calls us to. So, here. So, first... Sound like this isn't here yet. So first you draw this little person, right? A lot of times when we think about our relationship with God, we think about me and my relationship with God, right? Your individual faith journey, your individual um, like like faith experience, all those things, right? Like that. Um, and we'll. I have personal examples that I'll show you in a minute. Um, but that's one aspect, right? But we know from scripture that um, God doesn't just call us to each individually have relationships with the Lord, but there's actually this group dynamic, right? Like God, even Jesus, who's fully God and fully man, surrounded himself with other people to serve the Lord with, right? Faith has always been community-based. It's always been part of the group, right? So that's this part, right? Here's the group, and they're connecting to God, right? That's one kind of relationship. Um, and then there's this really sticky one, which is us in relationship to each other. Um, and so we're going to look at those. I first, I was going to start with my own example to kind of nail it in. But I think it's better to start with the scripture. I think that would be clearer and also, like, start with scripture, right? Um, so the first one is Genesis 1, 26 through 27. You guys are going to know all of these. <laughs> If you've been in church for any period of time. Um, if not, no shame. Here it is. Um, and these are just pieces. If, I, if we were to open any page of the Bible, we would find relationship, right? The whole point of the Bible is God revealing himself to humanity, right? So there's relationship on every word and every page. So I just picked a couple of verses in each place to kind of talk about these different types of relationship. But no, it's... 
I got a big topic. That's what happened. Okay. So this is the first one. This is meant to rep this, this, well, let's just read it. <laughs> this is in Genesis. God's creating the world, right? And he says, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Okay? Beautiful. 10 out of 10. So we are image bearers of God, right? Us as individuals, we were created to be in relationship with God. From the very beginning, from the get-go, we were created in his image. The other thing that's kind of cool, I'm such a nerd. Um, see, let us make mankind in our image. Um, we, I, I don't know how familiar you are with the Trinity, but it's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. In God's very nature, he's relational. Um, he's one God, three persons. We can get into that if you'd like. Um, but in God's very nature, he's relational. So when we're talking about sacred relationships, this is part of the core of what our faith looks like. So God created us to be in relationship with him. Great. The next piece is in John. We know this one. I bet you could say it with your eyes closed, maybe. I do. I'm a church kid, so I could say this with my eyes closed. Um, it's John 3:16 through 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to contem- condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Now, it doesn't say, for God so loved me, although I am part of the world, right? But this is an example of how God's relationship with us isn't just individualized. He came to save the world, all people, whoever believed in him. Um, for Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but to save it. Um, so that's that other aspect of our relationship with God, right, is we're part of a group as well as individuals. Cool? And then here's the last one. This is the funnest one. Funnest, that's the word. Um, John 13, 34 through 35. You know this one. This is, um, just for context, Jesus is um, doing, he's at the Last Supper. He's having a Passover meal with his disciples. He just finished washing their feet. He's giving them some wisdom. He just told them two verses ahead of this, hey, I'm going to be going soon. And they did not get it. Um, But this is what he tells them. As, as, hey, I'm going soon, this is what you need to know. Um, A new command I give to you. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another, right? So even though in my little diagram, you want to put that up, there's a little arrow between the people, right? The point of relationship, of sacred relationship, is that everything points back to who Jesus is. We love each other based on the love that we've received from the Lord. So, but that can get sticky, can't it? It's fine, we'll get there. Um... So let me show you a couple of examples from my life um, that kind of illustrate this point. Cool? Um, also, you get cute pictures, so. I always, I, I love a visual. I, it's just, anyway, okay. Um, will you put up the pictures of little tiny me? Um, this is little tiny Lauren. Um, look at me, that was the one time I ever played a sport. 
soccer, I was, uh, they made me the goalie because I kept accidentally kicking other people. So I'm not very coordinated. So at least in, as the goalie, I was stuck in a box. <laughs> Couldn't injure any other children. Uh, I was. Um, and um, that's me with my first cat, Tiger. I don't know why South Everett doesn't have any cat people, but... Um, oh, okay, I see you. Um, I, I would say I'm an animal person. I'll hang out with any of your critters, but anyway. This, it started early. Um, I'm four in that picture. And then for my fifth birthday, I had a tea party. I've always been a fancy lady. Um, but um, this is the age that I was when I first accepted Jesus into my heart. And the way that that worked, my parents are both pastors. I've worked in churches my whole life. And one day after church, I was sitting in the back seat, like in my car seat. Mom's driving us home. Usually after church, the rule is we're quiet. Like we would get home, and it was quiet time. It was a high issue if you caused a ruckus because my parents were exhausted from doing church all morning. Um, and so I'm in the back seat and I'm quiet. And then all of a sudden I asked my mom, Mom, how do I invite Jesus into my heart? And so she kind of tells me and walks me through the process. And to her surprise, she kind of like tries to lead me through a prayer. But I just sing it. I just burst into song, which I don't know if you've heard me sing. I can, I can sing like choir sing, like in the back of a choir situation. I don't know if I'm really a soloist sort of a person, okay? Um, but even at four, the way that I expressed, um, asked Jesus into my heart was in song. So that's kind of funny and cute. But um, that was where my relationship with the Lord began, that one-on-one -on -one between me and Jesus, like that diagram started with that little munchkin. Um, and then as we learn, uh, the first place that we learn how to do relationships is with our family of origin, right? Like, we're, that's where we start, right? Um, this is mine. Now these are, the top right is the most recent picture. That's like my, for Mother's Day, we got my mom cute pictures of all of us. But we usually look like that picture. On the bottom right, that's at Angelus Temple. It's down in, it's the first four square church. Um, but uh, Garrett, he, that's the little one holding up money because in Sunday school, he's a pastor's kid. But we were visiting and they didn't know. And they let him answer all the trivia questions and he won a bunch of stuff. <laughs> and so he's obviously excited. Benjamin hated being in Sunday school. He would cry the whole time. That's his face. I don't even have my eyes open. Don't know if you saw that. My older brother, Nicholas, he's, he's just done at that point. Um, but this is our crew. This is the family that I learned how to do relationships with. Um, was it perfect? Absolutely not. Um, what family is. Um, but uh, because we had the sheer number of us <laughs> meant I had to learn how to do relationship with lots of different personalities, um, which is has been fun and exciting. We have introverts, we have extroverts, we have um, folks that are anxious and folks that are not and don't understand that. Um, we have all kinds of, of personalities here. So as you probably have experienced in your own family of origin, things were not perfect. And uh, we've grown in health over the years, which is why we can stand next to each other and take a cute picture now. Um, but that ho hasn't always been the case. Um, and I'm sure in your own story, you could point to those pieces. But one thing my parents did do well, which is the next picture, 
is that's me getting baptized. Um, I don't know how I got my hair to do that. Um, <laughs> one thing my parents did do well is we learned how to serve the Lord as part of a community. We learned how to do that group dynamic. Um, my parents are pastors, so I was always at church the earliest and stayed the latest. And I've done so many. If we counted the number of chairs I've stacked in my life, <laughs> it, it's an extreme amount. I mean, I was um, in high school. You know how you sometimes need, like, volunteer hours? I, like, blew it out of the water. I, like, I was like, oh, I accomplished this amount of volunteer hours when I was 13. Like, so... Um, this is mine. And my dad was, and his best friend Craig were lead pastors at the time, and um, that's how I got baptized, was in that little church plant. Um, but that's one thing that my parents did well, was show us how to um, engage in community and serve the Lord together, whether that be being in nursery or sacking chairs or whatever our skill set or age allowed us to do. Um, we've done all the things. Now, I don't know how long you've been in church, but um, being a part of a group of people can be painful. Um, I have grown up in church. I've also seen the behind the scenes of some really hard things. I've seen my parents, as well as myself, um, be hurt in this context in intense ways. And, um, that might have been your experience too. I, I find that the more and more that I talk to folks, um, the more I discover, sometimes, sometimes we like to talk about church like everything is fine and perfect. Hey, everything is fine and perfect, don't worry about anything. Um, nothing goes wrong here. Um, but any of us who have been a part of it or have even read a headline or two know that that's not always the case, right? Um, oftentimes is not. That we are imperfect people gathering together, serving a perfect Lord. Um, but it's part of that tension of the now and not yet is that Jesus is available to us and empowers us, but we still are working this out. We're, part, we're still becoming more and more like Jesus. And um, that hurt and that, those experiences are absolutely real things. And, that, and it's important for somebody standing up here to say that. Um, so if that's been your experience, just know that you're not alone in this room. At least you can at least count me in your ranks. Um, but God doesn't ask us to stop there um, in the hurt and the pain. And maybe your, maybe your hurt's not from church. Uh, maybe you've got hurt from your family of origin. Maybe you've got hurt all along the way. I do. I can, we can make a list. Um, and that's okay. Um, it's part of working this out. It's part of working out our faith. It's part of the brokenness of our world and our own brokenness. We've probably caused hurt. Um, I know I have. Um, so I just want to acknowledge that we all carry scars from hurt in all these places. And the hard thing is when you have these places of wounds. Wounds? There you go. <laughs> Wounds, or maybe they're healed, so they're scars, or whatever you want to call them. Um, it can be difficult to continue to engage in relationship. I don't know about you, but when I get hurt and I'm in pain, I don't want nobody to touch that, right? Um, and if I knew that that thing caused me pain before, I still don't want people to touch that. 
Like, I'm, we can protect ourselves in that way. Um, but what we're discovering and what we'll hear in our sacred relationships value is that um, even we, we acknowledge the hurt that exists in us, and there's a healing process that comes with that, and there's lots of grace. Um, but the truth also is that Jesus calls us into continued vulnerability, calls us to continue to be in relationship with each other, to continue to open ourselves up to other folks and to him. Um, and that is probably the hardest thing you'll do in your whole life. I mean, relationships are probably the hardest thing we do our whole lives. Um, yeah. And so it's one of these things that we have to continually remind ourselves and um, there was a lot of ways I could go with this kind of title of a message, right? But um, sometimes it's easy to lose hope in doing sacred relationships when you've got that hurt, when you've got that, you've experienced that pain over and over again as we do through our lives. Um, so just wanted to acknowledge that, um, but also know that Jesus asks us to lay that before him. He wants to heal those things. And... Um, in that process, he also asks us to step out again in faith to trust him um, in that process. So whatever that means for you in your current context, um, but that's something that I felt like the Lord wanted us to touch on this morning. Um, and before we start talking about, like, let's have healthy relationships, it's just important to acknowledge, right? Okay. Well, let's look at the actual value, the way that is written. Um, these came up. You can go ahead and change it. Um, these um, are values that were articulated back in 2019 by the leadership team. It wasn't um, like a, this is what we want to be. It was more a, what, what is the character of South Everett and what is the values that we see are presented here? Then they articulated them. The beauty of who God is, is like, raise your hand if you were here in 2019. You guys are the OGs. <laughs> I wasn't even here. Um, so, so the Lord can articulate what he's doing in his church back then, and it can still be true now, and that's really cool. This, almost this entire room is a totally different group of folks, and yet the Lord can still be doing some of these things, which is pretty cool. Um, but here's the value. Here at South Everett, um, we are committed to healthy, vibrant, and family-centered relationships, both with God and with each other. We are created in God's image, designed to thrive in relationship. We saw that earlier. Um, we value healthy relationships within our congregation, with our neighbors, and with our city. So it doesn't just mean in here. We just like each other here. No. Well, healthy relationships doesn't mean you always have to full, like always like people. But, but okay. Doesn't mean just in this room. It means outside of this room. Um, uh, God has moved towards us at all costs through the person of Jesus. And it is our commitment to move towards one another in a similar demonstration of love, courage, grace, and humility, especially when conflict arises. We aim for reconciliation and restorative practice in our relationships, not perfection. Not perfection. Listen, this might be bad news. Um, anytime you're a part of a group of people, including this one, there is risk of hurt. Sorry. <laughs> um, but
But that shouldn't scare any of us away. That's not news to anybody. Anybody who's been a human for any period of time. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know if an infant knows that yet. Anyway, um, <laughs> we're putting ourselves at risk um, when we're vulnerable with each other, but it's what Jesus calls us to do, and it's what we're designed for, and, and the benefit outweighs the risk. Um, and it's we, if we're committed to living lives submitted to Jesus, right, we're living, we're in individual relationship with the Lord, we're in community relationship with the Lord, and we choose to be in relationship with each other. Okay, great. Um, now, as part of this, because you can read this and splice this a million ways, right? Um, they articulated some core behaviors. Like, if we're part of this family and we have this value, it should look like this, right? Um, here are the core behaviors. I just thought that they were powerful on, on, for me personally, so I thought I would share them. Do you have them? Oh, yeah, they're split up. That's fine. Okay, so the first one is pursue Jesus. Um, Jesus in his rightful place at the first piece. Um, we will pursue Jesus daily, recognizing he alone gives us the ability to serve and receive from others. We will seek out and establish time in the word, prayer, and fellowship. Right? So Jesus is the center of all these things. Just like that diagram that I showed you, if there's anything I want you to take away, is that the only reason we can do healthy relationships with each other is because of who Jesus is and what he's empowered us to do. Um, so that's, a, that's the only way. <laughs> um, so um, that's our first core behavior, is that we're pursuing Jesus individually and together. Um, second, establish accountable relationships. Ew. That one sometimes is like, it's like putting on a shirt that doesn't quite fit yet. You're like, okay. <laughs> um, establish accountable relationships. We will engage each other in the messy details of life during and apart from our regular gatherings while receiving and extending grace. We will choose vulnerability over passivity and we will speak truth to one another within the context of love, acceptance, and forgiveness. That one's hard. There's a lot of pieces there. But that, and again, remember, not perfection is not the goal. The, the goal is to be in continual reconciliation and restorative practice with our relationships. So the, the goal is to continually do this, but when we screw up, we backtrack and we restore and reconcile. But this is the goal, is that we're in accountable relationships with one another and with the Lord, um, primarily the Lord, and then each other. Okay, great. Three, assume trust. Um, where there are gaps of information, we will assume trust and approach the appropriate people while asking the right questions to arrive at clarity in a timely manner. That one's hard too. Especially if you've been hurt by people before, it's easy to um, assume something other than trust, right? You have to hold attention in order to assume t trust. Um, number four is listen. Our aim in listening is to arrive at understanding, not to prove our point. We will be slow to speak and slow to become angry. Listen to one another. And five, live generously and pursue interdependency, which is fancy words. 
Um, understanding that we can't accomplish very much on our own, we will each carry on our portion of the load. We will make generous sacrifices whenever possible and for the good of our congregation and our community as a whole. These sacrifices are related to our time, talents, or, and or financial resources. Um, which is awesome. That, that one always reminds me of the early church when um, in Acts they talk about how um, everybody would bring what they had and then make sure everybody's needs were met. Um, that's kind of the idea here is that um, we're, we're willing to be generous with what we have in order to take care of one another. Um, now, see that word interdependency? That means that, that doesn't mean we're codependent. This, it's a spectrum. <laughs> um, it doesn't mean that um, we don't have good boundaries. It doesn't mean that we're not um, healthy in those ways, right? Um, but it also means that we're not doing it solo, that we're extending the vulnerability and the risk of allowing others to come alongside of us. Cool? Now, I've been here at South Everett since August of 2020. So, like two and a half years, is that good enough? Um, and let me just tell you, I just wanna celebrate some of the ways that I've seen each of these pieces um, in this group of people here. Um, because, here's the thing, is that this stuff is already happening, and it's just, this, this is just a reminder that we're continually doing these things. They're not easy, which is why we need a reminder to continually keep doing them, right? But um, these are things that are already happening in this group of people, um, which I love. Um, the first one is, with that pursue Jesus, so if you go back to number one for me, Zach, um, um, not only do we see that we're pursuing Jesus together on Sunday mornings, I think that that has been really clear, especially in the last little while, um, but um, I've had the opportunity to be a part of prayer in the mornings and um, get to know a few folks, and um, we've got a lot of folks that have vibrant relationships with the Lord individually, and it brings such value to our group gatherings. Um, and so... Um, whether that's our kids, um, Ella sharing, like Ellis leading this morning, or Audrey sharing what she, the scripture that she's memorized, um, or you could be here on any week and the kids could be doing all kinds of things. We had like a, almost a whole youth band um, not long ago, and um, they lead us in that way um, as they are experiencing and growing in their relationship with the Lord. They're bringing those things to us. Um, which, what a blessing, what an encouragement. Um, our, we, have, we have several leaders in the church that will do that same thing. Um, you might, I don't know what kind of church context you've been a part of before this, but sometimes, like, in our worship time and stuff, people will share a word or different things like that, and that encourages us, right? Um, that's coming from their personal relationship with the Lord, them speak, listening to what the Lord has to say and speaking those things out, right? That's the Holy Spirit working in our midst. Um, so we pursue Jesus together, and I think that that's a really cool thing that happens here. Um, establish accountable relationships. Um, I love before and after service. Those, that's my, like, my prime time. Because I love to like, say hi to people and find out how their week was and 
Um, Mary always asks me where my husband Ivan is, and he, he works on Sundays. That's where he is. Um, but, um, or I get, uh, Ivan dislocated his ankle a couple weeks ago, um, almost a month ago. And like, um, like explain to Safan how it happened. Or um, <laughs> uh, I fell down a flight of stairs two weeks ago. I'm good, mostly. Uh, I'm standing here. I've been standing for a while. I'm kind of impressed. Um, but, like, people check in and make sure that I'm okay. I got texts this week of people being like, hey, how you doing? How did it go? Like, how'd your doctor's appointment go? Things like that. Um, accountable relationships can look like that. Um, they also can look like um, when we have questions about something. Chris Pepler will share all the time where he'll preach about something and somebody will have a question and bring it to him. He'll, he'll let us know, like, hey, this is what, this is a question that was brought to me. This is what, he, he is willing to answer those questions, right? Um, that's all part of accountable relationships, right? Um, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It, it's something that um, I, I've been in big churches and in little churches, and I know um, sometimes as church gets bigger, um, it's harder to do those, like, like have you can just only maintain so many relationships at once, right, as a human. Um, so that's one thing that's such a strength in our little expression of church is that we get to get to know each other and establish those accountable relationships with each other. Um, assume trust is the next one. Um, let me tell you, for many of us, it took a lot of trust to do Zoom while we were on, co- well, during COVID. Um, I don't... There's some folks that like technology is hard, which is super fair. Um, there's some folks that it feels weird to connect over a screen. But for like a year from when I started um, here um, until we came back in person finally again, we were on Zoom on Sundays. And um, people chose to engage with their vulnerability, to assume trust. And, and try it. And I still, there's still some moments that were a part of that Zoom, our little discussion groups and breakout rooms. I ran the Zoom part of it, so like my rapid clicking of things and all of that, that the Lord worked through those places um, and through those things. And then when we finally came in person, I got to meet people in person that I'd only ever seen online and um, like had been trusted with what their prayer requests are, or they asked who I was, and I, by the time I met them in real life, like, I, we, I was known, um, and they knew me. So we assume trust. That is something really cool that we've done. Um, we listen to each other. We spend a lot of time in small groups around here, um, and that's something that I always kind of laugh about because I'll preach, and then we'll do small groups, and I'll be like, Maybe we should have just done small groups the whole time. I, we didn't even need me. <laughs> um, because you guys minister to one another um, and listen to one another and create space. Um, so that's awesome. Thank you, church, for doing that. Um, living generously and pursuing interdependency. In the last year, I've had a lot of transition. Um, I got married. I moved. I, um, my husband had, had the dislocation of his ankle. We've had lots of fun and exciting things. <laughs> um, but this church family has just made themselves available to us. Um, yeah. We need you. Okay, Dad. 
Yes. Oh, also, I saw this back there. Um, they are available online. We can send you the document if you want it. If you like electronic documents better, that's me, because then I can find them again. This will get lost in my purse. But if you're a paper person, because I know there are paper people in the world, there are these little pamphlets in the back, and they've got all five of our, um, all five of our ones, and then the core behaviors for each of them. So that is available. It's a good question, Dan. But that's why I brought this up here. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, I, I've experienced this um, generosity and interdependency. The Holmeses, like, pretty much single-handedly moved me from my previous apartment to my current one. They showed up with their minivan. I lived in an apartment in downtown Seattle. And there was, like, not even parking. Like, <laughs> it was quite, I was on the fourth floor. Anyway, um, they just showed up. And, like, Emily and Brian helped me load my whole apartment up and bring it to Marysville. Um, they also helped me and Ivan find a couch. Like, just practical things, right? The Eiffel's made us dinner after Ivan's foot got injured, which was awesome because, um, as you may know from your own personal experience, when one person goes down, it's a lot of work for the other person. <laughs> um, and so it was just, like, such a relief to me to, like, not have to think about dinner that night. Um, the Peplers did our premarital counseling and um, just being able to sit in a space with people we trusted that would help us navigate this new thing that we were starting, right? Um, our church does these things. We um, are in the midst of these things. So my encouragement to you is as we recognize that these are things that we do, um, that start thinking about different ways um, that you're already doing this, um, or maybe ways that you could do some new things. Maybe it's not just in our community, because we saw Jesus didn't just come to save South Everett, right? Um, but what about in your week, on your Monday, on your Tuesday? Um, what are ways that you can assume trust with people, that you can daily pursue Jesus? Um, ways you can live generously, and listen to people well. This sacred relationships thing is not just, it's something that we're saying is a value here, but it's something we can do um, every day. And it's something that Jesus calls us to do. Um, yeah. So um, I'm going to pray for us. Um, but then we're going to do groups. What time is it? Yes. I intentionally um, didn't make, it's, you could preach all day on sacred relationships, let me tell you. But I intentionally made it short so that we have time to be in relationship with each other. That seems to make sense. Um, so I have some discussion questions for us. Um, groups of four or five, if you can. I'm not going to come around and count you, so don't worry. I will. <laughs> okay, watch out for Justin. But um, I'm going to pray for us. We'll get in the groups. Um, I just want to say thank you. Thank you guys for being um, a community that I get to be a part of, um, a, a group of people that I get to be in relationship with. Um, it's been such a blessing to me. And then um, I hope it reminds you of places where that's been a blessing to you too. Um, whether that's in your personal story with all my like little pictures, like spend some time reflecting this week on 
how God has blessed you in relationships. Because we really can, I can pull up out of nowhere the places where I've been hurt in relationships. But it's important to reflect on the way that the Lord has used them too. Cool? Okay, let's pray. Um, Jesus, thank you for this morning, Lord. Thank you for this opportunity that we have to be together. Um, Lord, thank you that you pursue us in relationship. Um, no matter what, Jesus. We are such broken, imperfect people, and Jesus, you continually pursue us. Um, and Lord, as, as you do so, Lord, would that be an example to us as to how to treat one another, Lord, and how to pursue you together? Um, would you give us wisdom in our relationships, Jesus? Sometimes I just feel lost in what to do um, in certain situations, Jesus. And would you just give us wisdom? Lord, would you speak to our particular situations? Lord, that thing we can bring to mind, that relationship that has conflict or strife um, right now, Lord, would you speak wisdom to us in it? Um, God, thank you for this group of people and how they have faithfully loved one another. Um, Lord, would you continue to do that in us, continue to grow that in us? Um, and then in places that need that growth, Lord, would you bring that to us? Lord, would you speak to us uh, directly so we know um, those places of growth that need to happen and what we need to do in order to do that? Um, yeah, Jesus, we trust you. We only do this because of you. Um, so, Lord, we submit ourselves and our relationships to you. Um, Lord, we want to follow you in them. So speak to us, move in us. Um, thank you for how you've already been doing that. In your name, amen.